So uh, Genesis chapter 11, we finished up um, Tower of Babel, right? Um, that was there in 11. We're going to get down here and um, down towards the bottom, Genesis chapter 11, verse 27. So uh, a lot of these old Bible stories, we would talk about different characters. Uh, Abraham is a big giant study, so I'm not going to just sit and just focus solely on Abraham. Um, what we're going to do is, the way these are broken up, there's several stories of Abraham, um, particular stories in Abraham's life. The one we're going to start with today is basically the one with Lot. All right? Anybody tell me who Lot is? His nephew. There you go. All right? So... What we have, if you look in verse 10, we have a lot. Lot comes from, in verse 10 there, what son of Noah? Shem. Shem, all right? So he is part of the line of Shem, all right? Now we also have, in verse 27... Who is Lot's father? Haran. 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 All right. Haran, Haran, however you want to say that. All right. So when you read down through these, we have, what we have is we have Terah. All right. So this is, this is the papaw. All right. He has three sons, Abram. Uh, we're in verse 27. Who is it? Abram? Who's the next one? No. And then the father, Aaron. All right. So from Haran, Haran is where Lot comes from. There's another another son as mentioned. It is Kah. All right. Now here's where it starts getting a little interesting. In verse 29, who is Abram's wife? Sarah. All right. Who is Nahor's wife? Milka. All right. Who is Milka? Right. So this, so the bro marries the daughter of Haran. Now, if you jump all the way forward to Genesis 20, verse 12, we find out who is Sarah's father. Chapter 20, verse 12, if I wrote mine. It's a half-sister. Half-sister of Terah. Right? From another mother. <laughs> so the lineages and the marriages get a little goofy going on through here. Alright, you got Sarah's coming from Tara. Alright, it's a different mom. Milka is <coughs> Nahor married basically his niece. All right. 
So things are kind of changing up. Now, but remember, we're just coming off of the Tower of Babel, right? People still intermarried. This is not, I know it seems weird to us. We've had this conversation. We're still to the point that this kind of thing happens. And especially more so now because at the Tower of Babel, what happened? The language just got confused. Language was confused. So people separated. So you're now the the, the group of choice. It really narrowed your choices of who you're going to to marry because of now you, the groups are a little bit smaller as well. All right. So I, I know you know we continue to have this discussion. The world thinks, oh my goodness, marrying you know your relative is icky. Okay. They still do that in the Middle Eastern countries. And, and that is true. And that was one of the things that we had pointed out was there are still countries and stuff. Yeah, there's still places in, in the United States that do that. But, you know, it, it's still a common practice, you know. Um, but we, you know, but it, it's not, it's not awkward here, okay. It's still something that, that goes on. Now, we have a life event that happens here in their life. And that is in verse 28, who dies? Someone read that one for me. Aaron died before his father, and the land of his nativity in Ur of the Chaldees. All right, so they're, in, they're all living in Ur, okay? And Haran dies. Lot's papa passes away. Okay, so this is kind of the setup for the move. So what happens here then is in verse 31, it says, And Terah took Abraham his son. Abram, you got to be careful. His name's not Abraham yet. Abram his son, and Lot, uh, the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarai his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they went forth with them from Ur of, of Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came, up, came unto Haran and dwelt there. Their um, naming of cities was not very... Um, what's that? Creative. That was the word I'm looking for. Um, Dad died. So this is now Dad's land. All right? this is, we're just going to call this... As, this is now Haran. This is where Dad died. This is our new place. All right? So what happens here is... The patriarch, right, Papa Bear, he decides it's time to move on, right? They're getting out of Ur. He grabs these individuals, and they roll in. They all move down to, they all go to Heron, the new home of those individuals. I wonder why he didn't take me or you know, some say that he did. I really, I really can't find in here one way or the other. Okay, it just these verses, and, and, and I looked around and I, and I wasn't, I didn't dive super hard into that. So, but it doesn't seem like, from what I can tell, real quick, Joe. I say that well, there as you get down the story where they split again, you have a feeling that they're, they're prospering. So it kind of makes sense that you know you can't. There's only so much Walmart Probably. for each person. So, and, and that's a strong possibility. Um, so basically, there it it they move forward, right? They travel through Canaan. They get to land that they name Haran, um, and that's where Terah settles the group. 
Um, it mentions in verse 32, in the days of Terah were 205 years. So he lived 205 years. Terah dies. All right? So then we have Terah here. Terah passes away. In Haran. All right? So that's kind of where that, that chapter ends there. Um, this is kind of the beginning of Abram and the beginning of Lot. All right? They're kind of, their story starts together. It's just, it's interesting how, because we get to see later in the, in the New Testament, it talks about how God brought Abram out of, uh, out of Haran and out of Ur, and it starts talking about that. So it's kind of interesting. We see what seems to be natural progression, but down the road, it's, it, it talks about how it was, prophet, not prophecy, but, you know, God led it was part of the plan. So, you know, and what I, what I was seeing in this, particular picture is even though it just kind of looks like bad events i mean think about lot lot loses his father I don't, their, their ages are up there you know they're married they've got kids and, and jim was talking about how they were prospering a little bit later but so this it's not like they were eight nine years old when this happened but still um you know back in these days the patriarchs these were, were prominent figures we read all the way through the um flood and all that kind of stuff this is where the stories passed down this is the ties into Seth, so you still would be getting the flood story down through here. You know, so your patriarchs are a big deal. Well, now they're starting to pass away a lot younger. Terah was 205, so that means Haran was a whole lot younger than that when, when he passed away. All right, so we see that life expectancy is drastically shrinking. Okay, so uh, people are having to step up and 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 be the leaders and whatnot, make decisions a lot earlier than years past. Um, interesting part about Heron um, in Acts. Anybody tell me who was stoned in Heron? Not stoned in Heron, but who's who was stoned that mentioned Heron? Stephen. Stephen. There he's the only one who was stoned in Acts. Okay. In Stephen's story, he, not story, in Stephen's sermon, when he talks, he actually, because he, if you go through and you read that, I think we did, he kind of walks through the line. And um, in fact, it's, it's uh, Acts 7-4. Just jump there. I'll read that. So Stephen's just going down. He's talking to the priests. Um, verse 2, and he said, men, brethren, fathers, hearken. Uh, the God of God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham, which we're talking about here in a minute, um, when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Karen, which is um, uh, Haran there. And he said unto them, Get thee out of the country and from thy kindred and into the land which I shall show you. Then came he out of the land of Chaldees and dwelt in Karen. Karen is another name for Haran. And from thence... When his father was dead, he removed him unto the land wherein ye now dwell. All right? And that's the second part of the story when we jump into um, chapter 12. Um, so here, you, you know, you see here, Stephen's talking about how this was by God's providence. You know, and so he's going back there and he's talking about all this stuff. So, you know, this is this is kind of stuff that is mentioned. It's brought up. It's the history. So it's interesting on how even what seems to be a brief period of time into Heron 
it's made it all the way into the New Testament. It's made it all the way to Stephen to where it is part of Jewish tradition. Of course, Abraham, later to be named Abraham, was, you know, obviously the great father of the Jewish people. So anything having to do with Abraham was always, you know, really, really, yeah. You know, so, you know, even this small little, you know, and so, you know, to us, even if it seems minute, it doesn't mean it's not part of God's plan. A lot of times there's those little tiny steps that you don't even think about that need to happen to get to, because it says, you know, they, they Abram had to go through this to get into, and we'll read here in a minute, into where the promised land, into Canaan, right? So, you know, it was, and it was really interesting because, I don't know if I saved it, where Abraham came out of, um, did I save that? I don't have any of my maps, do you? Do I? Well, anyway. So, and we'll, we'll get into looking at that a little bit, but um, where they came out of and down through Ur, and we're starting in Ur and Chaldees, they come all the way down that little bootleg there, Saudi Arabia and all that stuff, and then all the way into Egypt, and then back into the Promised Land, of course, then they ended the back, where they end up back at, the nation back into Egypt, having to be free, um, and well, I'm giving that myself, we'll get into that, chapter 12. It was interesting. This, when I got to studying into this, it was just kind of interesting in how if they had just stayed where they were supposed to stay, they had the promised land right here with Abram. All right. Verse 1. Someone read verse 1 for me in chapter 12. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will shew thee. It's always interesting when I read how God talks to people. Just... Get out of the country. Can't you be a little bit nicer? You know, it's like, hey, let's go ahead and move, right? No, get out of the country. He says, get your people. Let's move on. This is God. Um, God doesn't visit, but God talks to Abraham, right? So prior to this, Abram was just a dude. He was just part of the family. Um, I, I believe that what was happening when Terah up and decided to move forward when Haran died that because remember these are the people that were calling on the name of God, right? We, we read about about that. So Terah was the leader. God has now moved to Abram. Okay, my belief is that he was talking to Terah in, in past, and now he's moved to Abram. He now in the verse verse one here of chapter twelve, he starts talking to Abram. Um, <coughs> so the father leads them out of the land. Now God comes and he talks to Abram. And through the rest of these verses, you'll see that, you know, he talks to Abram a little bit, tells him that I'm going to make thee a great nation. He says, I'm going to bless thee. I'm going to make thy name great. He said, thou shalt be a blessing. Verse three, and I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curse thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Now that is huge. You know, so everyone's going to be blessed because of you. Now, Again, we have, our minds can't grasp. Imagine what Abram's thinking. He's like, who am I? Who am I? You know, God chooses who God chooses. This is the beautiful part about God. 
He doesn't require you to be a magnificent person beforehand. Now, I, you know, I'm sure Abram was a great guy. I'm sure Abram was a good worker. You, you know, you yeah. raised flocks, or raised flocks, you raised um, animals and, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, and there's a lot of hard work, a lot more work there than I'd be willing to put in. That's why Trevor was not born in this time of land. All right, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been one of these guys that were mentioned. Okay, but today, God just needs someone that is willing. Someone that is going to do what God asks. Because Abram's response is amazing. Someone read verse 4 for me. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 70 and 5 years old when he departed out of Haran. So what are those first three words? So Abram departed. So Abram departed. Now live for anything. Not that I can tell. I mean, it doesn't say that he, that he gave some lip. It's you know, I, me and uh, me and Andy just got into this, not this, but just last night. You know, I, I tell him, I said, Andy, I just you just did something. I didn't do that, I, but I just watched you. I just I just saw it. I heard it. Well, that's not what I was trying to do. stop. You know, I don't want to hear it more. You know, um, it, it was more my brother than me getting yelled at all the time. But you know, that it, it's that lack of hearing, that lack of listening Christians today this is uh, this is the problem with so-called Christianity today is they're not really interested in having their lives instructed by God you know what we was at our Christmas we were having that discussion people church is just something they check off of something they do during the week they're not interested in this is what God says if God tells me this, or God instructs us, because we have the Word of God, it's not. We don't need this divine revelation anymore. We have His Word, which is why we should be reading it. A little side note there. Okay. When God says, "This is what I expect of you," this is what I ask of you. We should follow this. We should depart. We should do. No lip. Listen, we ain't perfect. And and Paul and or Peter and some of them had some of those issues. You know, you can question it in your head. And, and, and I tell my kids all the time, you have the right to think how you think. You don't have the right to disobey. We're not going to understand. Imagine like we said, God comes down to Abraham and says, or Abram, comes down to Abram and says, I want you to move forward, take your family, head on the country. I'm thinking, why? you know, I've got all this land. i got all these people. I've got all this because what it talks about there in verse 5, and Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and what? All their substances they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran, and they went forth into the land of Canaan, and unto the land of Canaan they came. It says all of their substance, livestock, servants, right? Now, God said you're going to be blessed. I don't know what this time span is here, but you're talking about full-blown <coughs> families that came out of Ur, right? Moving through into Haran. It talks about... The servants and stuff that they picked up in Haran, right? So servants, bond servants, however that looks, whatever that is, whatever that is, they have amassed a great wealth in that time. Life is good for Abram and Lot. Of course, Terah passes away, so anything Terah had would have went down to them. Um, Lot, Haran dies. So whatever Aaron Haran had built up had gone to Lot and, and whatever his brothers and sisters were, right? So 
you have all that stuff going on. So they were sitting pretty because it mentions, it, it specifically mentions substance, okay? So for God say, hey, pack it up and move on out. How many of you here like to move? It's hard enough to get your family to to want all on the same page oh, to move, like the, you know. Trying to get my family seated in a restaurant. <laughs> that takes an act of God, okay? <laughs> Especially when mom has her own particular, you know. You, you get together 15 people and just try to decide on a place to eat. I mean, there's got to be a lot of fussing going on. You know, <laughs> half of them don't want to go. Yeah. yeah. I just made friends, Dad, you know. And that's what I'm saying. We, we need, you know, I, I want to point out the, the massive amount of what this entails. This is not just, hey, they had spent a day or two You're not calling two men in the truck. No, no, right. Two men in the truck aren't around at that time, are there? Um, what was I seeing the other one? Oh, oh um, college hunks moved junk, you know? <laughs> I told him I, wasn't, I, I was busy, but I wasn't in college anymore. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, you have, and this is, again, I, you know, I, I want to fast forward this to today. Today, when you think about people, when we talk to them, why aren't you in church? Why aren't you serving God? I've just got this going on. I've got this going on. I've got this going on. Abram, Abram, he had a lot going on. There was, other than because God said so, there wasn't much reason for him to move out of Haran. Life was really, really really good for them okay and that and that's today that's what we really have to pay attention to is it doesn't matter how easy how what thing is going on when god says whatever god says our response should be so trevor departed so on and so on you know and, and it is just how it works all right so Abram moves. Verse 6, where do they go to? Sikkim. 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 And the plain of Mora. Mora. And the Canaanite was then in the land. What is that? Yeah, so they move. Verse 6. They head on out. Abraham passed through the land, right? They go through. Now he goes through. Um, verse 7. Now this is the beautiful part. Verse 7 says, And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, uh, and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. I just lost my spot. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. All right? I don't know what I did with that. Give me a minute. Of course, I won't be able to find it now. I meant to bring it up this morning and forgot all about it. Yeah, I won't never be able to find it now. So anyway, 
they were, he moves into the promised land, basically. All right, Hanan, this is the promised land. He gets into the promised land. He gets down in there. This is the first time that God appears. It's the first appearance into Abraham in the promised land. All right. Now, Sikkim, Sitchim, however you want to pronounce that. There's a couple key things about Sitchim. One, it was in the promised land. It is where God spoke to him. They talk about there being, it's a tree or something right, right around there. Sitchim later on becomes a Levitical town in the promised land. All right. Um, it is also, if you guys remember, we did a series, a lot of us preached, called the Cities of Refuge. It is also a city of refuge later on in history. And lastly, it is actually the place that in Joshua chapter 24, it's where Joshua gives basically what they call his farewell address. Okay? So this <clears throat> spot, this area that God spoke Physically, well, physically, where God appeared to Abram, all right, becomes a very prominent um, spot. They they claim they know where, where that is and that there's it's a tree and all kinds of crazy stuff. I, you know, I don't know about how much all that stuff I believe or not, but um, it, it is a very important. Now, mind you, he's in the promised land. He's where God told him to go, right? So... Really, stories should be over. Life should be fine. Life should be happy, grand, and all that interesting. But that's not exactly how that works out. Verse 8. Someone read that one for me. And he removed, removed from this into the mountain on the east of Bethel, Christ's tent, having Bethel on the west, Ai on the east, and there built an altar. There he built an altar unto the Lord called upon the name. All right, so he's still there. He moves to an area called Bethel. Okay, still, that's fine. He pitches his tent. Now, he builds on an altar, and he calls on the name. Abram likes to build altars. All right, verse um, 7, we talked about he built an altar um, at the appearance of God to honor his first appearance. All right, so he builds this altar. Verse 8 here, he moves on. Now what he does is he builds a second altar. And this, it mentions, remember, way back in the day, it's just, it was talking about how, and they first called on the name of God. They started to call on the name of God. They kind of bring that back here, all right? Um, there, there's several different reasonings why um, they're talking. This one is more was a, uh, a possibility of a worship and an, an openly expression of faith. One was a monument to the appearance of God in the, the promised land. This one is seems to be a... Um, calling upon the name of God. It's a, it's a worship. Um, but it's interesting how Abram's story tends to be building altars. He's constantly building these altars in various places that he goes to, whether it's in honor of or in worship of God. Um, and, 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 I, and I like that because I sit back and I'm thinking, here he is, you can tell because later on in the story, you see that he actually comes back to Bethel, back to this particular altar. Um, Abraham, a Abram, he leaves evidence throughout his life of him worshiping God. You know, and I think in my life, is there evidence? I mean, I know there isn't for a period of time. But is there evidence of Trevor worshiping God at different points in my life? 
when people look at me, do they see that evidence of the uh, of? Now you know I'm not building little rock altars. Now we have no idea how grand. I would assume, especially <coughs> this one. This one is probably built because he's got Lot and all of his people following him. I'm sure this isn't just like a little fire pit. You know, I'd assume that this is a massive altar for the sacrifices and all that other kind of stuff that that you know that they're probably doing throughout this period of time. Um, so, you know, what kind of marks do we leave or are leaving in our life? And if we're not, how can we change that? What can we do in our life to make sure that there are things in our lives that lead others to God? We don't, I don't always have the opportunity by words to witness to everybody. So is my past history leading people to Christ? You, know, you always love... When Jacques came in here and gave his, I don't know how many were in here when he gave his testimony. It's such a powerful testimony coming from all that witchcraft and all that demonic stuff from his past. You know, you think, man, he's got such a powerful testimony. His his past to where he is now, it, it, you know, is it, a good testimony of deliverance and, and, and second chances, you know, and whatnot. Abram is just this, this guy, this person that now God has... And so the humility of Abram is, I think, the beautiful part. You know, I, I don't see anywhere of Abram above his raising. You know, he just seems like a God. This is what God tells me to do. I was raised. I trust in God. I believe God. If God says it, it's the right thing to do. And I am just a blessed person to be used by God, no matter what my past talents are or will be or could be. And so when he takes that opportunity of Oh my goodness, God visited me. I gotta honor that. I gotta let people know that this is where God spoke to me. This is where I got that direction. And then now, hey, you know, we're chilling for a while here. My family needs a worship, a place of to honor, honor God. Now, the rest of these verses, um, we're not we don't, we're not gonna read all those. Um, verses eight through twenty. Um, verse 8, it just says, and he removed from thence, uh, no, verse 9, and Abraham journeyed going on still toward the south. Now, we'll cover this story, but basically what happens is um, they're in Bethel. They've got the thing built up. Things are going good. Abraham just takes Sarah, and he decides to head on south, south into Egypt. He goes into Egypt. Now, I'm sure a lot of you know this story. At some part heading into Egypt, Abraham stops and says what to his wife? Tells them, you be my sister. Alright? You don't, you're good looking. Okay? You tell everybody you're my sister, right? So we get into the get into there, the Pharaoh, they get mixed up with the Pharaoh, hijinks happen. Um, stuff goes to happen. Um, at some point it comes out that it's his sister. Like I said, we'll cover the story later. And Pharaoh actually kicks them out of Egypt, sends them out, boots them out. Which to me, there's a couple things that's kind of ironic. One is their Pharaoh pushes them out of Egypt. Who would Pharaoh not let go out of Egypt many, many years later? The, the, the Jewish people, the Israel people, right? So here we have the opposite. This is ironic. Pharaoh is, hey, you've brought God down upon me. Get on out. Well, then does the same thing later on. God gets brought down. Now the Pharaohs let them go, and then they chase after him. that whole story. Um, and, and, and interestingly enough, in verse 17, what does God do to Pharaoh, who is now 
messing around with the Sarah. Plagues. What does God use later on in Egypt to mess with the Pharaoh? Plagues. Right? God loves to use plagues against Egypt. That is his go-to for that area. Alright? So, if I could find my picture. Basically, what you have is you have the... the you have Ur right around this area. They come up and around. Of course, you have Canaan through here, right? This is this whole area is that little boot-shaped thing where Saudi Arabian stuff's at, right? And they come down into here, into this is your Egypt area, all right? And you have Harrens through here and Bethel and it's through there, all right? So they come down through there. So then they boot them all back out, and so he heads back up here to Bethel. Right, that's that's my geographical right there. You guys want to take notes of that, right? That's how you do it. Right? Pretty scale. It's pretty good. You like that? Appreciate that. Um, all right. So you have you have all that going on there. It was got a really cool picture. I was so was so excited to share it to you, and I saved it somewhere. And I don't know where I saved it. All right. So when you get there to chapter thirteen, all right. Um, basically, it's just the, the first five verses. You have. Um, Abram with Lot and all of their stuff, they all head back to Bethel, back where he pitched the tents, back where he altered, back where he called on God, um, back to where God wanted them to be in the first place, okay? So, you know, they, they just, they all kind of go back, and, you know, and again, simple guy, Abram, for whatever reason, I still, I, I'll be honest, and maybe it's just my, my lack of, of being able to find it. If anybody knows, I don't know why he decided to continue to go on, right? He decided to keep on going south. He went on down into Egypt. That whole situation didn't have to happen, right? God didn't tell him to go. God said, I'm going to show you where to go. They led him to Bethel, led him to uh, um, Sitchum, right? He led him into the promised land, and he decided to step out and to go further. Now, you know, tell me if I'm wrong, but to me, it's just like, just do what God says the right, I don't know how many times I've had to learn it the second time around because, you know, I'm too stubborn. But, you know, again, that speaks to God called a man that he knows wasn't going to follow ever 100% of his word, but he still called him, still used him. And even though he did what he wasn't supposed to do, he still took care of him in Egypt. He didn't want him in Egypt. He didn't want him in bondage. Think about that. God had to deliver him. Egypt for the Israelites is constantly looked at as sin in bondage. God delivered him from bondage. The first time he did it, God delivered Abram. He did not want him enslaved, did, want, did not want him jailed in that area. He delivered him then because he wanted them in the promised land. Don't care the mistakes we make. God doesn't want us bound by sin. He doesn't want us bound by the things of this world. He wants us where he wants us. Ultimately, heaven, but in his will. And he'll, he'll do what needs to be done to get us out. If you are willing, even though you make boneheaded mistakes, like telling the whole world that it's your sister instead of your wife, which, hey, think about it, is not a total lie. But one of the things I learned a long, long time ago, whether it's a total lie or not, if you're purposely trying to deceive a person with a portion of the truth it is still because the kids you hear all the time well technically i didn't lie you did because you were purposely trying to deceive what you're doing, and that is a lie okay 
Um, you do have in verse 10, back in chapter 12, famine. For, is why he went to Egypt? Well, it just says there was a, there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there, but famine was previous. So that maybe, well, maybe not, that's what it was. Forced him down. But you are right. He pitched his tent east of Bethel, and he's just kind of looking, and it does reference how, you know, he's still, verse 9, he's still kind of heading south. Yeah, he's, yeah. So, and, and God had told him, I'm going to bless you. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, maybe the famine, and you're right, and, and, I, I, and I wholeheartedly agree with you, because if Abram would have just stayed put, because we know from verse 1, he didn't really know where he was going. God just told him to get up and go. Once he got there, God said, this is it. That's where you want to be. And the famine could have just been a test for him. Very well. And he could have just, you know, as he's shifting south, he could have seen that there was a family going, well, I know that they can prepare me in Egypt. So it could have been a test with God. We don't know. It doesn't really tell us. But, but no, that's a good, I mean, that's that too is a good point. You know, no matter what hardships come along, when exactly. God says this, is, I'm going to take care of you, exactly. trust that God's going to take care of it. No, that's that's a good point. So, all right, um, it's it's really super fast time. So, um, we got, has anybody got the prayer release paper? All right. Jim, do you, will you pray for that for us? Close it out for us?